0: لَقَدْ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا Certainly we have sent to you, we have revealed to you a book. And this book, fihi in it is ذِكْرُكُمْ your ذِكْر. In this Qur'an is your ذِكْر. أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Then will you not reason? Will you not wake up? Will you not think and realize how important this book is to you because it has your ذِكْر. What does it mean by dhikr? To mention, right? So this Quran has your dhikr, meaning it mentions you. It talks about you. Now, if you think about it, if there's any newspaper, alright, or any magazine, or even a blog, forget a blog, a post, a tweet that mentions you. What happens? What's our reaction? We feel so important all of a sudden, right? We find out that somebody has mentioned us and we feel like we're so special. This Qur'an mentions you, meaning it mentions us as human beings. It talks about us. The subject of the Qur'an is man, human being. Because this Qur'an has been sent for our guidance, our instruction. So it directly addresses us and it guides us to that which is best. And it also tells us about ourselves. You know, it's amazing. When you read the Qur'an, when you study the Qur'an, you know who you're actually studying? Yourself. Because nobody will tell you such things that will make you reflect on yourself as much as the Qur'an makes you reflect on yourself. So much so that you think about what you feel, the state of your heart, your intentions, your words. It's like a mirror. So fihi dhikrkum, in it is your mention. It talks about you. You are the subject of this Quran. Also fihi dhikrkum, dhikr also means instruction. Right? So this Quran is an instruction for you. A reminder for you. A reminder that has been sent especially for you, O people. And also remember that the word dhikr gives the meaning of fadilah and sharaf. Because when somebody is mentioned, why are they being mentioned? Because they are important. Right? So in this Qur'an is your dhikr meaning, in this Qur'an is your honor. Your honor lies in this. In this life and also in the hereafter. If you want to be honorable, if you want to be successful, then you better refer to the Qur'an. You better look at the book of Allah. You better pay heed to what the Qur'an tells you. You know, this is like Umar Abdullah anhu. What did he say? That we were honored through Islam. Right? So, fihi ذكركم. We were nothing before Islam. We were nothing before the Quran came. When the Quran came into our lives, we accepted it. We followed it. This is how we were honored. Fihi ذكركم. You know, there was a lady by the name of Baraka. Right? And she was the slave woman of Abdullah ibn. Abdul Muttalib. Who was Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib? The father of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi So when he died, he left behind a slave woman by the name of Baraka. Alright? So this lady, she was there when the Prophet was born. Alright? And she was there when the Prophet's mother Amina took him to Medina. Alright? And remember that on the return journey from Medina, Amina, she died. All right. And Baraka was with the Prophet. ﷺ. She looked after him when he was young. She was there from the beginning. Alright? We learned that the children of Abu Talib, many times they would be found hungry or they would be found dirty or you know, like messy, as if they weren't really taken care of. But the Prophet ﷺ, always well taken care of. Why? Because Baraka used to look after him. Then what happened? That when the Prophet وسلم, he grew up as an adult, he got married to Khadija The Prophet set Barakah free. Why? As an expression of his gratitude for her, her loyalty for him, that how she had taken care of him, stayed by him, never left him. So the Prophet really wanted to show her his appreciation and he set her free. So Baraka got married. All right? And she had a son whose name was Ayman. So she became known as Um Aiman. When the Prophet ﷺ, he received Prophethood and he did dawa, one of the first people to accept Islam was also Um Ayman Baraka. Then when the Prophet ﷺ, he told the people to do hijrah, of the people who did hijrah was also Um Aiman. It is said that Um Aiman, her husband, either he died or he didn't embrace Islam. So basically she separated from him. We don't know much about her husband, the father of Ayman. But anyway, she went to Medina. And Um Ayman was an Abyssinian woman. Alright? So you can think about that society where people weren't just racist, but they were also proud of their skin color. So she was discriminated against. But what happened that one day the Prophet said, Whoever wishes to marry A woman from the women of paradise should marry Umm Ayman. You see how she was described? A woman from the women of paradise. You see what brought her honor? What brought her honor? Was it her skin color in that society? Was it her wealth? Was it her social status? What was it? What was it? It was her deen. It was her Islam. Her connection with the Quran, with the book of Allah. That is what brought her honor. So you know who married her? Guess. Take a guess. Who do you think married her? Zayd anhu. You know who Zaydrahu anhu was? Who was he? The freed slave of the Prophet, who was also declared as his adopted son, but then later on, as you know that, the ayat were revealed that prohibited the believers from calling a person their adopted son. So anyway. Zaid radiyallahu anhu he married her and they had a son what was his name Usama radiyallahu anhu and Usama radiyallahu anhu was so dear to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that we learned that on one lap the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make Usama sit and on the other lap he would make one of his other grandchildren sit all right like Hassan Hussein or any of his grandchildren they would sit on his other lap And you know, Umm Ayman, the Prophet ﷺ respected her so much, she would literally treat him like her own son. At one occasion we learned that she prepared some food for the Prophet ﷺ, and she gave it to him, and he said no. Why? Because either he was fasting or he said he wasn't hungry, he didn't want it. So she began yelling at him. She began yelling at him. Have this food, I made this for you, you need to have it. Who says this? Only your mother, right? At another occasion, we learned the Prophet ﷺ was drinking water. Um Ayman was nearby. Aisha was also there. Um Ayman said, May I have some water too? Aisha said, You're asking the Prophet ﷺ for water? I mean, you should be serving him. She said, I have all the right to ask him. I took care of him. I looked after him. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Yes, she has the right to ask me. And he gave her water himself. Um, aiman. So you see the honor that this woman had. What brought that honor in this life also? It was the Qur'an. It was believing in the Qur'an. It was following the Qur'an. Her Islam. fihi so dhikrukum If someone tells us, do this one thing, follow this one thing, and you'll be successful, we would readily accept it. Right? Which is why we're always looking for you know, these quick fixes and these deals on anything. You know, take this and your life's problems will go away. Anything. Even if it's a car that we have to buy with a huge loan. Right? But apparently if you'll drive that car, you'll be happy. That's what we see on commercials. Right? So this Qur'an, fihi This is what will bring you fame. This is what will bring you honor. This is what will bring you success in dunya and akhira. أَفَلَا تَعْقِنُونَ Won't you understand? Won't you use your mind? How are you treating this book of Allah? How are you rejecting it? How are you abandoning it? Think about what you're doing. come and how many? Qasamna, We have shattered. Qasamna from the root letters, قَابْ صَعَدْ meem qasama And qasama is to break, shatter something, to give a mortal blow. I mean, just strike and finish off. Hit and finish, destroy. Like for example, it is said, قَصَمَ اللَّهُ ظَهْرَ الظَّالِمُ That Allah, يعني He destroyed the back of the ظَالِم, meaning completely shattered, destroyed Him. So, كَمْ قَصَمْنَا min قَرْيَةٍ How many a town have we destroyed? Why? كَانَتْ ظَالِمَةً They were wrongdoing. They did ظُلْم. وَأَنْشَأْنَا And we produced. بعدها After it. قَوْمًا آخَرِينَ other people, other nation. So many generations destroyed. One generation it goes and another takes its place. Over here Allah says, كَانَتْ And if you think about it, as a generation or as a people, they live, they collect, they gather, so many things in their lives. And it is because of the things of this world that they compromise on their faith, that they ignore what Allah has revealed. But what happens? The same things, a person leaves them. And they become the property of another. Right? So, كَمْ قَصَمْنَا مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ كَانَتْ ظَالِمَةً وَأَنْشَأْنَا بَعْدَهَا قَوْمًا آخَرِينَ A new generation came, and Allah did no zulm upon them. I was reading an article recently about how so many museums in Syria, right now what's happening is that because of all the war that's going on, people are literally raiding and looting and stealing things from those museums, and they're going into the black market and being sold for millions of dollars. right? And obviously the authorities are getting very upset about it, because the museums, everything that has been collected in them, that's their heritage. That's their history. That's their culture. But this reminds us that, I mean, the things that we have, they're not going to stay with us forever. The life that we have, we're not going to live it forever. We have a limited time, a limited stay which is going to expire. What matters is what we're doing, not what we're collecting. And you see how the previous ayah talks about the Quran? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Huwa mimma it is better than all that people collect. It is better than all that people gather. and when they sensed our ba's who? The people of the Quria. The different generations that have passed before. When their time came, meaning when their time was to expire, فَلَمَّا أَحَسُوا بأسنا, And they sensed our Ba's. أَحَسُوا is from Seen. حِسْ What does حِسْ mean? Sense. Right? To perceive something with your senses. So for example, through sight, through hearing, through smell, through touch. So أَحَسُوا basana, They just sensed our punishment. They had a feeling or they saw a punishment approaching or their end coming near. And this may happen in different ways. So for example, one person sees death approaching him in the form of a building falling on his head. Another person sees death approaching him in the form of waves, you know, water just coming his way. Another person may see death approaching him by you know a bomb blasting right in front of them, whatever it may be. There's so many faces of death. Falama as soon as they saw death approaching, as soon as they saw the punishment approaching, Ida Hum Minha, then suddenly immediately hum they minha from it, meaning from that punishment that was approaching them, Yarkudun. They were fleeing. They fled. They ran. Yarkudun is from Ra Kaf Dad. And Raqd literally is to kick, to strike with one's foot. Right? To strike with one's foot. Now, when you're riding a horse, what do you do? When you're riding a horse, what do you do in order to make the horse run faster? What are you going to do? Huh? You're going to use your feet. Isn't it so? You're going to kick the horse. This is the action of rakabah, To kick the horse in order to make it gallop, in order to make it run faster. So إِذَا minha مِنْهَا Immediately, they left their homes, they left their things, whatever was in their hands, whoever was with them, they just fled. They ran. As if horses run. Horses, as if they're galloping away quickly. Running away to save their lives. But as they ran to save their lives, what were they told? They were told, la تَرْكُضُوا do not run. Do not flee. Do not gallop away. Warji'u and return. Go back to. Ila to mad that which utriftum fihi. You were given luxury in. Utriftum from the root letters. Ta rafa. Tariff. And tariff is a life of comfort. Life of ease. Life of plentitude. Meaning when a person has a lot of stuff. A whole lot of things to do. To enjoy. To entertain himself with lots of food, good clothes, comfortable housing, you know, fun things to do. This is tarif. So go back to those houses, go back to that life, go back to those times, those things that you were enjoying. Where are you running away? وَمَسَاكِنِكُمْ And run back to your masakin, plural of maskan, meaning your homes. tus alun So that you will be questioned. Where are you going? In other words, the thing is that when we have you know things that we are enjoying or food that we're eating right or the the happy times that we are in we don't want to leave them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even for a moment even for a minute we're too busy enjoying ourselves but what happens if a person is living in their house they're having a party and may Allah protect us all but if there is a fire or something like that in that house, will that person stay in their house? Will they? What will they do? Run away. Run away. But wasn't that house so precious to them that they didn't want to leave it at all? They didn't care whether they obtained it through halal means or haram means? What happened now? Isn't it the same house because of which they have neglected so many prayers and they have neglected the rights of so many people? and they have cared less about halal and haram. But that same house, what value does it have when a person's life is at risk, when a person's life is about to end? Aren't we willing to give up anything to protect our lives? Isn't that the case? But it's amazing how we live this life enjoying ourselves as if we're going to stay here forever. As if the things that we have, the people we're living with, the work that we're doing, we're going to continue doing this forever. But what happens when death approaches? A person runs away, he abandons all these things. He doesn't care about them at all. So, لَا تَرْكُضُوا إِلَى مَا أُتْرِفْتُمْ فِيهِ وَمَا سَاكِنِكُمْ تُسْأَلُونَ It's as if they're being mocked at. Where are you going? You're going to leave your things? You're going to leave your house? You're going to leave your car? Go back, save it. Go enjoy it. But is it worth enjoying now? They said, يَا وَيْلَنَا O woe to us Inna كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ Indeed, we were wrongdoers. Meaning as death approaches, then they confess their sins. They accept their faults. But is it of any use? Not at all. It is because of these things, in obtaining them, in using them, in enjoying them, that we neglect the book of Allah. We neglect the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But these things don't matter. Ultimately, we will leave them. We will run away from them in order to save our lives. قَالُوا يَا وَيْلَنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ فَمَا it seized. تِلْكَ ذَاتْ دَعْوَاهُمْ Their call. Which call? The statement of theirs. إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ We were at fault. We were wrong. I shouldn't have done this. Regrets, regrets, regrets. So these regrets, they don't end. Hatta until جَعَلْنَاهُمْ we made them, Hassidan as a harvest, خَامِدِينَ extinguished. Meaning until they are finished, they die. They keep you know expressing regret until they're dead. But expressing those regrets is not gonna change anything. The word hasid is from the root letters hal sad dal, and hasid is used for a field or a crop that has been harvested before due time. Hasad is that which is harvested at the right time. So when you will harvest at the right time, do you get something? When the fruit is ripe, when the crop is ready, do you get something? Of course you do. When you'll sell it, you'll make money. But if the fruit is not ripe, if the crop is not ready, and the field is mowed down, what are you going to get? Who's going to buy it? Who's going to take it from you? No one. It's going to bring you no profit. It's a total loss. So this is hasid. And hasid is also used for like a crop that has been destroyed. How? By some storm or fire or something of the sort. You know, think of it as a garden that has been mowed. And now, alhamdulillah, the lawnmowers that we get, I mean, they collect all the grass, right? But think of it as one that doesn't collect the grass in a bag so it's all lying around this is hasid khamidin khamidin plural of khamid khumud is when fire dies down what happens on a barbecue what happens heat right the coal is very hot but then what happens you leave it you turn it off and you leave it to cool down once it cools down then you close it so khumud is when fire dies down And when it dies down, when it cools down, then it's still, it's quiet. And likewise, when a person dies, then what happens? When a person is alive, there is heat in the body. It's warm. But when they die, the body turns cold. There is no life, no movement, no heat. So in other words, they continue to declare their regrets. I was wrong. I was at fault. I shouldn't have done this. I wasted my life bad choice, bad decision, until their souls leave their bodies. They keep expressing regret. But this regret makes no difference. The fact is that when the angel of death comes to take the soul of a person, then he only leaves after taking the soul. Even if a person presents a thousand excuses, for the wrong that he's been doing, or he tries to beg and plead for more time. No, the angel of death is not going to go without the soul, even if a person expresses regret. <laughs> حَتَّى حَصِيدًا خَامِدِينَ. And so many people, it happens with them that as they approach death, as they are near death, as they realize that death is near, what do they have? Regrets. Just recently, I was watching this uh, documentary by a film producer basically. This guy, he made amazing films apparently. I don't know which ones. But he had a very bad accident in which his body was paralyzed or something like that. And he was in the hospital for a very long time and he was told that he had very little time left to live. So what happened? He said he was depressed, he was upset, he was angry. And then eventually there came a point where he said, I welcomed death. I was ready to die. But he said, before I die, I want to do something. I haven't done much. I mean, this guy has produced so many films. But he said, before I die, I want to do something. I want to benefit people. I want to leave a mark. And this is something that brought him so much motivation and so much energy that he got back on his feet, back on his feet, traveling the world, meeting different people, and asking them, what the problems of this world are. Why we are as we are. Meaning, why are people suffering? What's the reason behind this? So you see, as a person realizes that he's near death, then what happens? Regrets. I haven't done enough. I mean, think about it. As each year goes by, as each day goes by, what is it that we feel? We're drawing near to our death. But then what have I accomplished? What have I done? What have I produced? What have I gained? What am I taking with me? What mark am I leaving behind? What? What is it that I am leaving which is truly of value, that will benefit people, that will help me on the Day of Judgment? You know like Imam Bukhari, when he put his collection together, his collection of ahadith, he said, I have prepared this as a hujah for myself on the Day of Judgment. That hopefully I can present this before my Lord, and because of this I will be forgiven. And he didn't write his collection in one day, or in one year. No, it was the output of his entire life. 16 years old he was when he left his home. He went to Mecca, and that was it. He never went back. He never went back. He spent years and years in Mecca. And then from there, when he had learned from so many scholars, he went on different different cities different regions wherever he found there was a hadith scholar he went and sat in his majlis learnt memorized he spent nights studying days studying he didn't waste his time because he had a purpose he had a mission he wanted to accomplish something and those people who live with a purpose then yes they accomplish something. But if our concern is just the tariff of this dunya, the luxury of this dunya, my clothes and my food and my this and my that, then what are we going to accomplish? A good looking body? What good is that? If it's going to rot and decay under the soil. A good house? In which everything is perfectly matched and designed and everything? What's the point? When one day that house is going to be broken down, when people are going to be taking these things off and selling them? Have you ever seen a moving sale? Everything must go. Just take anything. Garage sale. I mean, it's amazing how people will bring stuff out of their houses, put them at the curb, just take it. Take it. Take it for free. Whether you give money or you don't give it. But look at how it was bought. Remember how and when it was bought. What's the value here? Things don't matter. Our time matters. Our actions matter. فَمَا زَالَتْ تِلْكَ دَعْوَاهُمْ حَتَّى جَعَلْ لَهُمْ حَصِّيدٍ خَامِدِينَ Allah reminds us, وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ We have not created the sky and the earth. وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And whatever that is between the two of them. لَعِبِينَ As ones at play. La'ibeen is a plural of لَعِب. لَعِب is one who just plays. لَعِب. لَعِب is to play, sport, game, joke. alright it's the opposite of jadda. Jadda is to be serious. All right? And the opposite of that is to joke around and waste your time and play and have fun and have a game. Amuse yourself with one thing and then another thing. This is la'ib. Allah says we did not create the sky and the earth and everything that is between them just in play. No. This is not a game. This is not a play of someone who plays. This has not been created for the purpose of amusement, without a reason. Like for example, children playing, what happens? They make something with Lego for instance, something so detailed, so intricate, each piece is put in a particular place, and then what happens at the end? Let's break it up. Right? Let's break it up. This is not what this life is about. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made such a beautiful dunya, And not just the dunya, the stars above and this entire universe so intricate with so much detail so much planning and everything then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just finish it off No, No, this doesn't make sense Does it make sense that you buy a lot of wood, a lot of paint a lot of construction material and you just construct something and then just finish it break it, no If any person would do that what would you call them? Crazy it doesn't make sense. When anything is made, the first thing you ask is, what is it? Why? Why was it made? What is the purpose of this thing? Correct? So when it comes to this universe, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create this in vain. لو أرادنا, if we intended, أن نتخذ that we should take a له. What is lahu? Remember the word lahiatan? What is lahu? distraction, something that distracts you from your main purpose. And what's the objective? I mean, why would something distract you from your main purpose? Because you are enjoying it. It's not really important to you, important for you, but you're doing it, why? For fun, for entertainment. Alright? Like for example, somebody sends you an image on a WhatsApp group. Alright? And your phone is sitting right next to you as you're doing your readings. Alright? And then a message pops up. So-and-so sent an image. What is that? It's a distraction. Isn't it? But you know that every time this person sends you an image, it's always really funny. Right? And you want a break from what you're doing. So what do you do? You open it up and you see that image. This is lahu. Alright? Because it's distracting you from your main purpose, but at the same time, you're having fun. You're taking a break. You're entertaining yourself. You're enjoying yourself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if we really wanted to have fun, if we really wanted to entertain ourselves, لَتَّخَذْنَاهُ Surely we would have made it, taken it, مِنْ From that which is with us. Meaning, why would we make you? If Allah wanted to just enjoy Himself, why would He make so many of us? and put us through the troubles and difficulties of life and death and trials and pains of this life why would he do that and why would he make this earth and give it to us to live on so that we enjoy you understand why would allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do that in kunna fa'ilin if indeed we were to do so because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is far above his majesty that he would do something useless he would never do something useless. He does not need to have lahu to entertain himself. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he really wanted to do that, he would not have created us. He would have taken lahu through something else. So in other words, don't think that this life is without purpose. Don't think that the sky and the earth was created for no reason. Bal rather naqdifubil haki al الْبَاطِلِ Naqdifu We throw, we cast. From the root letters, قَافْ fa. قَذْف قَذْف literally is to shoot an arrow. So we throw بِالْحَقِّ with the truth al الْبَاطِل on the falsehood. So we throw the truth on the falsehood. We throw the truth on the falsehood. So what happens? فَيَدْمَغُهُ So it destroys it. Meaning the truth destroys the falsehood, فَيَدْمَغُ. And when the falsehood is destroyed by the truth, fa'idah, then whoa it, meaning the falsehood, zahik, one that will leave, it will depart, it cannot stay. What cannot stay? Falsehood cannot stay. Notice the word fa'idumaroo. is from the root letters dal, mim, ra, Literally it means that so-and-so broke someone's head. He broke his head. He hit his head. He struck his head in such a way that the wound, it reached the dimagh What is the dimagh The brain. Such a bad head injury that it even penetrated the skull. He broke the interior of the skull. And if a person is struck in this way, is he going to remain alive? What would you call such a person? If the brain has been struck and the brain stops working, what is he? Brain dead. Finished. fayad Fayadumahu. So the truth completely abolishes falsehood. What is falsehood? The whims, the desires of people. Their thinking. Their assumptions of this life. What they think about this life, that oh, we just happen to come into existence. We just happen to evolve and come into existence. Right? We're just here because of some big bang that happened, and what caused that big bang was something that we don't know. But we don't want to say it's God. Right? We don't want to admit it's God. This is all balti. It's all falsehood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bal بِالْحَقْ the truth is hurled on the falsehood and the, all their false arguments and whims and desires abolished. زاهق, and then these false beliefs that they hold on to Zahik. They're to depart. They don't have any basis. Zahiq from the root letter زهق, and زهق, to depart with difficulty. Completely defeated, lost. And for you is destruction. mimma تَصِفُونَ From that which you describe. Meaning the lies that you utter about Allah, the lies that you utter about this life, about the hereafter, all these lies are shattered with the truth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described over here. Any false claim, any false belief, how is it broken? With the strike of truth. The truth must strike so that a person is knocked into reality. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: لَقَدْ أَنزَلْمَا إِلَيْكُمْ كِتَابًا فِي ذِكْرُكُمْ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ وَكَمْ قَصَرْنَا مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ كَانَتْ ظَالِمَةً وَأَنشَأْنَا بَعْدَهَا قَوْمًا آخَرِينَ فَلَمَّا أَحَسَّ عِيسَىٰ بِالْكِبَرِ قَالَ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ مُصَدِّقًا لِّمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيَّ قَالُوا يَا ويلنا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ فَمَا زَالَتْ تِلْكَ دَعْوَاهُمْ حَتَّى جَعَلْنَاهُمْ حَصِيدًا خَامِدِينَ وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا لَاعِبِينَ لو اردنا ان نتخذ له ولاتخذناهم من لدنا ان كننا فاعلين بل نقذف بالحق على الباطل فيدمره فاذا هو زاهق ولكم الويل مما تصفون